Hello, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Sheets with Chad and Jeanette. And today we are going to be discussing the FSMTB Job Task Analysis Survey. Good morning. Good afternoon. Hello, Jeanette. How's it going? Hey, hey. Hey. It's going. It's going good. I mean, we're on a tornado watch right now, but I mean, what? the weather. Yeah, the. I mean, it's been windy the past couple of days. We're we're like switching in between that. I don't know what your weather's like, but we're switching in between that like kind of chilly at night, but like fifties high forties during the day. And today just, we got a little bit of sunshine in Pittsburgh, which was great, but it's the wind starting to pick up. So I was just going to say, remind everybody where you are. So they know where this tornado advisory is happening. So Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, even though, even though they'll be receiving this several weeks later. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Here in Michigan, we don't get too much in the way of tornadoes. We get warnings for sure. Uh, but not, it's not, it's not, there are other places that get them like bonkers. Yeah. I don't know. I don't understand why they put them up as tornadoes because while I'm sure there have probably been some funnels around Pittsburgh, it's a little bit of a hilly area. So what we normally, what normally ends up getting reported afterwards is there was a microburst in this area. So, but it's windy, took my plants and put them all in one corner of the porch. So they were guarded and batting down the hatches <laughs> so you, what yeah, are we we're doing FSM- say, th- those of you who are on video who are you know on the membership and are seeing us in video you probably noticed my space looks a bit different i have moved from my basement uh, mm-hmm. up to my upper level because the basement is now a candle baking session uh, station so we make I love it down there and so I'm, ba- I'm upstairs now and i have my I don't know if this guy's from Fortnite. This little guy is from, oh, he's yeah, from the just, Labyrinth. I was just going to ask you about those little stuffed animals on the back. Have you seen the Labyrinth with David Bowie? I had to Jennifer watch the, the Labyrinth. Is it originally in Spanish? Oh, I don't know about that. It's a Jim Henson production. Okay. I had to watch it in high school in Spanish with English subtitles with a partner and give a presentation on it. But that was in high school. All I remember is the guy, the labyrinth or Pan's labyrinth. I think you're thinking Pan's labyrinth. Okay. I am thinking Pan's labyrinth because all I remember is the guy with the eyeballs going like this. And I was like, nope, that's it. We can stop the movie right now. <laughs> Pan's labyrinth. Yep. I do remember that. Yeah. That actually was a pretty startling scene. I remember that one. Uh, no, the labyrinth, David Bowie, it's uh, Jim Henson. It's, I guess you could call it a musical because they're singing, but it is a, it scared the crap out of me as a kid. But as I got older, I watch it like at least once a year now. I love that movie. Uh, so I got a little figure that's the worm, the worm from that movie. So yes, anyways, nice. back to FSMTB. <laughs> what is FSMTB? Because there's a lot of, we have AMTA, we have ABMP, everything in the massage therapy industry and other industries tends to be an acronym. So what is FSMTB and why is it important to the massage therapy industry? Go. Okay, so FSMTB, back in 2005, ABMP, which is one that a lot of people know, um, had a meeting and they basically said, we need to have this, uh, you know, regulatory body slash community slash 
thing. We need something that is like the regulator of the massage industry. You know, it's it's coming out of the stigma that it used to have. It is professional. We know the benefits. We want to stand as, you know, that healthcare piece. And so uh, ABMP stepped up and said, let's, we got to do something about this. And so FSMTB was formed and uh, FSMTB, Federation of State Massage Therapy Boards. So Federation, this, this large umbrella, big entity of state massage therapy boards. So all of the state licensing boards, this is the federation that oversees all of them and keeps things cohesive and inline and structured and uniform and regulated, right? So a big deal. FSMTB is uh, a really big deal. And their mission is to support its member boards, so the state boards, and, and of course, jurisdictions, uh, and their work to ensure that the practice of massage therapy uh, is provided to the public safely and competently. So they want to make sure that the public is getting quality, safe, uh, and massage from well-educated folks, right? Okay. So what most people know FSMTB for is the MBLEX, the exam that has been adopted uh, by the states as the exam. There isn't any other national um, you know, exam when it comes to licensure. So they are the regulators, they are the exam providers, and this um, survey that we're going to be talking about, this feedback piece, is it's a contributor to the questions that go into the MBLAX, right? Our feedback right. is important. Right. So. right. And I want to make this, I want to make this kind of crystal clear because I think at some point during COVID or the beginning of it, FSMTB was the major, major organization that came out with like, I want to say like a 25 page COVID uh, policy of how to operate, what to clean, when to clean, how to clean it, stuff like that. And there were a lot of people, there are a lot of therapists that I think are really not educated about FSMTB, not that they're dumb, not that they're, it's just not something, it's not something that you come across in your education or even in public, most of us have experience with AMTA or ABMP. And I think a lot of the, uh, 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 um, upset with our industry was that ABMP and AMTA were not providing enough education during COVID when really FSMTB was the one providing it because they're the ones that regulate the massage therapy profession, but everybody saw this 25 page PDF and they were like, who's this? What do they do when really they regulate it? So like, that was like the utmost, like important board to issue a document like that. It's kind of, it's kind of like thinking in business, you, you, you operate business to consumer or business to business. FSMTB is like that business to business kind of style where, right. where, where you know, the others are going to be more the business to consumer directly to the therapists themselves. So you're right. A lot of folks are like FSMT, who are, is that a typo? Yeah. Are you sure you're not talking about the, the Florida <laughs> is folks? That, is that a typo? <laughs> oh yeah. Cause Florida has FSMTA. Yeah. And that's uh, the only difference is, is it what is it? What does FSMT stand for? I don't know. I'm not sure. Oh, for Florida? 
Yeah. I'm not sure for Florida. I, I honestly, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure what it stands for, for Florida. I know that it is not federation of the state. Yes. It, you know, it's, it's very much more localized. Um, right. Actually FSMTA is a, is a really big deal. Um, look them up if you, especially if you're in the Southern States. Um, but anyways, FSMTB. Yes. The, the folks who give us the MBLEX, um, they put out this giant, <laughs> So we're okay. So we're not here to pick anything apart. Oh, we can't. Well, maybe we are. I don't know. We're here to, we're to give our honest feedback on what we did. Yeah. I, as the analytical person, took screenshots <laughs> of the entire thing, stitched it all together. You would. I stitched the whole thing together, and it ended up being fifteen pages of questions. Uh, if I were to print it, like it is huge. This is an absolutely huge uh, survey. And here's the thing. Without this kind of feedback, without the analytical data that these surveys provide, what what do we what do we do? We assume, we guess, right? We, we think maybe perhaps this is the situation, and they want to have the stats to say, you know, one right. of the one of the questions um, is talking about the importance of applying hot or cold treatments, right? And 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 the, right. the thing is, like. It, if you had to sit down and take this, it's going to take you a bit of time to do that. And I have a feeling there are a lot of people who started it and did not finish it because they didn't know what they were getting themselves into. Well, let's time out for a second because there are probably a bunch of you that are like FSMTB survey. What? Like what? How did this? What, how did I? Did I miss this? Where was this posted? The job task analysis and sexual harassment survey. They're two separate surveys that happen back to back. Um, FSMTB has been running this for, I think, since the beginning of March. Um, and their purpose for running this, as stated on their website, says FSMTB invites practitioners with all levels of experience to participate in the job task analysis survey, which seeks to ensure that the massage and body work licensing examination, MBLEX, reflects current practice. That's the whole reason why this is out. And the reason why that is important is because our licensing exam is relatively new. I've been in business for six years. I think the licensing exam came out less than 10 years before I started school and graduated. The main complaint from the industry is that the questions being asked on the MBLEX are not true to current practice, meaning maybe there was not enough kinesiology and muscle questions, but there was a lot on energy healing. And across the board, in most states, schools are not providing 22 weeks of energy healing education. They're providing 22 weeks of Swedish, 22 weeks of neuromuscular. And I guess what massage therapists who did pass the MBLEX are saying, including myself, the MBLEX did not effectively analyze whether or not I would be a good massage therapist based on the questions they asked. I probably could go on for another 30 minutes about that, but that is the whole reason why this job task analysis survey is out. I'm sure they're going to use the results for other reasons um, because they're going to get a crap ton of stats on this, but that is their reasoning for putting this out there. So if you haven't taken it, it's still up. Take it now. 
Um, I'm not sure how long it's going to be up because if you've listened to us before, you know that we pre-record these. It is what's today's date? The 23rd. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's March. It's March 23rd. So do yourself a favor. I have a feeling they'll have this up for a while. Go to fsmtb.org and go ahead and take that job task analysis survey. We're also going to link it on the resources page. Just go to massagecoreacademy.com slash forward slash links. And it will be on that page somewhere so that you guys can also take it. Continue on, Chad. You were about to, I think you were about to just dive into some of these questions. Well, so maybe you, maybe you can dive into the first parts. My favorite comes on my thing out of 15 pages, page 12. So the end part where we're talking about the additional information and demographics, those are the parts that I really, really, really like. Those are the parts for me that are like the juicy analytical bits. Um, okay. The other parts are going to definitely be more on the massage side. The other, and the parts that I'm looking at are, you know, highest level of education. How much are, what age are you? Yeah. Uh, did my I'm, school prepare me, right? Yes, exactly. I mean, I took, I took this exam when it first came out, um, exam survey. I took this survey when it first came out and, uh, I mean, I was impressed. I was impressed with the questions that they asked. Um, and I was pretty much mind blown because there was a lot, there was a lot of information on there, a lot of information on there. So shoot, what's the first thing that you, what's, what, what are we talking about first? All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to get into my part because the first half of it, uh, first three quarters of it, it's, it's all about like the, the actual work itself. And do you find this important? Is this not important? How important is it? Um, but when we get into this, they talk about the number of, um, hours of formal education. And the thing that was interesting to me was that there's, you know, 10 options, but it takes almost 10 options to get to a thousand. And to me, that means they really want to fine tune. They're only doing hundred, hundred hour chunks. So for example, less than hundred hours, 101 to 200, 201 to 300, so on. Right. And then it goes right. to a thousand plus. So they really want to find out where that sweet spot is of the number of hours, main massage, body work, formal education, uh, folks in the industry took when they went to school. But they also, the question before says, what is your highest level of education? And here we're talking about formal education, GED, high school, some college, associates, bachelor's, master's, doctorate, so on. So it's it's interesting that they're putting those two together of, you know, X number of people got their master's and then also did a 725 hour program or X right. number did, right? There's a lot of juicy stuff you can find out from here. And to me, what that converts into is if you find that there's a huge chunk of people that uh, went for their, that have their bachelor's, that was their highest. And then they did a 500 hour program to me, that reads a couple of different things. One, the state they're in, they may have a low, you know, a lower requirement or a higher requirement of the number of hours. Um, but it might also mean something in the economy caused a sum of people to lose their jobs. And I'm thinking back to 2010 in here, here in Michigan, um, there was a huge issue where the automotive companies laid off a bunch of people. And these were people that had bachelors and had masters and they all lost their jobs and they had to figure something out very, very quickly. Right. And so with that, 
the people who have been in the industry for 15 years now, but took their schooling in 2010 when they were laid off from the, you know, the big three automotive companies and they took a 725 hour program or whatever program that is, that's going to play into this as well. So it's not just the people who graduate within the last three years. This is everybody. Everybody has the opportunity to answer this. So it's going to be interesting to me. I would love to know what that highest level of education and how that connects with number of hours of bodywork formal education. So going to massage school, I'd like to see what that correlation That's, is. I mean, that's pretty cool. Cause I'm on a, a website right now that is, um, basically, and I'm not sure there's no date on this. So I'm not sure how up to date this information is, but it gives the, uh, this is actually a pretty cool, uh, breakdown, very minimal, but enough and it says, like, I mean, I'm already down to Georgia, and the majority of the um, required hours are in between five and six hundred. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see to to see those statistics because, I mean, that could be the difference of I'm trying to get all the way down to New York because I need I think New York is the one that has seven twenty five. I think are they they're they're higher for sure. I would assume, I see, I would have thought that Florida would have been higher, but according to this, they're not um, because Florida is a very uh, uh, centered area for uh, prostitution and um, it's on the coast. There's a lot of people that may be brought overseas. I would have thought that their program would have been more to include that education, but that might be included separately. I'm scrolling down to New York because I'm interested because New York, everything's expensive in New York. So yeah, I, I'm just- I do know that their, their, their number of hours is one of the higher of the states. I do, I, I do know that. Oh, wow. Okay. Holy crap. Um, wow. Their prereqs are weird. Completed a CPR course within three years prior to licensure. 800 hours, five years experience and MBLEX. 800, yeah. Yeah, but this is like, this goes, this is training. So it's not just like 500 hours. Like me, I did a course. It was a set of number of hours. I took my MBLEX. I was good. New York, 800 hours, five years experience and MBLEX. A thousand hours, two to four years of experience and MBLEX or a thousand hours, no experience and state exam. Again, this is, I'm so glad FSMTB is doing this job task analysis survey because New York is one of the few states that has these stipulations. Most states across the country are set amount of hours, take your MBLEX, you're good. Ooh, I'm fired up now. Next, what are we, what, next, well, keep going. Yeah, Michigan's 625. So Michigan's a higher um, higher hour requirement too. So I think I think that you're right. We'll see a lot between the 500 and 600. I think yeah. that's where the majority will live, but you'll see a couple of spikes, like a really large school in Michigan, 625. So you'll see once they break it down by state as well, you'll see a spike um, in the state of Michigan too. Okay. Did my school adequately prepare me to practice massage and body work? Uh, this is a true or false question. There is no gray area. They want to know personally, do you feel like your school prepared you uh, to practice? 
And I, okay. I love that it is just black and white. It's either I agree with this or I disagree. There's right. There isn't. I, I, I remember that. I remember that question. And unfortunately, even though I love the school because I now teach there, they prepared me for massage therapy intent techniques and modalities. But what they did not prepare me for was running a business, applying for jobs at another business, doing my taxes, like all the stuff that follows up actually being successful financially with it. So that would have been an interesting question to have on here. And I get that it's not necessarily the most relevant for this organization, but when you, if you're taking 30 minutes worth of questions, let's slip another five seconds and just say, did my school prepare me adequately to run a business? Because we, it may not be their job to provide you with the, you know, full deep dive of how to run a successful massage business. But my opinion, it's got to be more than this is how to create a business card, move on to the next thing. It's got to be more than that. And, you know, when we're talking, when we're talking about a regulated, a body that oversees um, all of the states, right? There aren't many that oversee all of the states that have the say to influence all of the states. I feel like part of it uh, needs to be even if a lot of people, even if 60% of people graduating go to work for somebody else, understanding how business works, that's important, right? Because as an employee, you still have to understand if you're being taken advantage of what an IC is, IC, independent contractor is, um, what it means to be an employee, what you're entitled to, what you don't have to do, right? Those right. are still important things, even if you are not going to run your own business or hire other people. Massage schools don't do that. So I'm not saying massage schools need to do that, but I think massage schools that truly care about their students need to be open to having, you know, all-inclusive solutions like Massage Core right. Academy as part of either their curriculum on the shelves of their bookstores or, you know, even as, you know, a, a four-hour thing that they provide as part of graduation, but they need right. more knowledge than this is what a business card looks like. Um, and, 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 you know, that's it. Well, because that's let's be honest, and I don't have any statistics to back this up, but talking to the people that I've talked to, <clears throat> excuse me, talking to the people that I've talked to and um, my colleagues and going through the experience myself, <clears throat> most schools are doing the minimum hour requirements, whoever decides that, and that's it. So what's not to say that you couldn't be a step above the rest and be like, hey, the state requires you to take 600 hours of education in order to take your MBLEX and get your licensure, but we're going to go above and beyond that. We're going to give you 650 hours because we're going to include more business training and, you know, maybe hot stone or cupping or whatever. We're also going to include that into our um, program so that you guys are a step above any other therapist. I think that's going to be an interesting, an interesting challenge because then I, you know, then I, you you would be a hundred percent preparing your students for not only successful massage sessions but success financially. Yeah, and you know schools that go through accreditation, which is anybody who does financial aid, uh, and just about anybody who can graduate somebody for the MBLEX, so for licensure, so any state that has licensure, um, those schools do have to uh, you know 
they have placement numbers that they have to hit and they have to disclose, right? They have to say, we do placement this well. And if just because you're putting somebody out there that gives a great massage doesn't mean they understand business. And that doesn't mean that they're going to be successful with how to work with other people or how to, you know, have those conversations um, that business owners or business employees need to be able to have. So right. it, it's going to help the school big time. Their place, the retention on placement, instead of saying we place somebody and they're going to, and they stuck for 18 months, you're going to be able to say we place somebody and they have their own business successfully for 12 years. Right. Well, and that's the, and that's the funny thing about statistics is that they show you the statistics. Like I take this, I consider this like same comparison as high school. Uh, you're looking at moving into a certain school district and they say 98% of our high school graduates move on to college. But what those statistics don't say is how many of those students stayed in that college program or stayed in that field. Same thing with any school that's providing statistics on 90% of our massage therapists uh, end up with a full-time job three months out of graduation or three months after licensure. But what they don't say is how many of those therapists actually quit or started their own business or moved on from their original plan or where they were originally working because they were unsatisfied. And I think we can kind of nip a lot of that unsatisfaction in the butt if we educate our students better on what to expect from certain industries. Yeah, for sure. For sure, yeah. for sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, okay, I could like, go I, I could know. go on we're, and on. We're Next. massage for academy. <laughs> what we want is for people to understand how to run business, right? Obviously, you know, we, we, Jeanette and I sat down and we said, hey, let's put something together that doesn't exist, right? Because mm -hmm. it doesn't. And we've been, you know, busting our humps to, you know, put this out there for you. And we sit down every single week for hours and, you know, we're here for a reason, but let's, and the reason is we need to have people who are practicing understanding business. That's right. all there is to it. Whether you're going to go into business for yourself or not, having those fundamentals, even just that foundational understanding is imperative. Okay, next one. What do your clients pay for a one hour session? So Ooh, I forgot about this one. This is a lot of a lot of another 10, 10 ranges. So it starts at less than $30, then it goes to 30 to 39, 40 to 49, all the way through to 150 plus. So what my brain did was I said, what's 150 minus 30? And then divide that in half. What's the median that they're really asking here? Folks, they're asking about $90. The middle of the road question or answer here is $90, which to me means they're saying less than 30, 150 or more. The very middle of that is 90. I kind of feel like we should be charging $90 for a one hour session across the board. That should be the standard. That's what I read into this. I get that some people are still doing this dollar a minute, but if you look at it, the way that they line up, a dollar a minute is way over here on a scale of A to A to E. It's like a D plus, which is not not great. If you're if you're watching, if you're one of our members and you're watching this um, uh, on video, uh, you can see me about to lose my mind over here because since day one of us starting this day one, what date was that? That was in, when did COVID happen? Yeah. 2020. 2020. We're now in 2022 from day one, we have been advocating a dollar a minute is too cheap. And if you are 
if you are just joining us now and you're like, wow, I charge a dollar a minute. What am I missing out on? You need to go back and listen to a bunch of episodes um, on the podcast to really understand why a dollar a minute is not an effective uh, uh, charge rate per session. And that is that entails a whole different topic of take your dollar a minute, take your expenses, add it all up. What does your paycheck end up being and how the heck are you making it on that kind of a salary? But a, I like, have, yeah, we do have a student that started at 45 and we working with them and them understanding the fundamentals and, you know, the growth patterns and what their goals are and understanding like what right. their costs are. We've gotten them up to that 60. So for them, that increase was very substantial and they didn't lose a single client and they will continue right. to add value and make themselves worth that additional. So we're, we're working with them to get them, you know, up to that higher rate, but even going from that 45 to 60 is a huge jump for that uh, particular individual. So really, I, I mean, I, I think our trend was um, plus 10. We, we, mm-hmm. whatever, you're, whatever you're charging now, add 10 bucks, you're worth it, period. And you're not going to lose people. No, you're not going to lose people. And what I like about what you just said, um, what I like about what you just said about like the $90 being kind of like the middle of the road answer is uh, that it's a feasible amount, regardless of what state you're in, like where I'm at right now, like, yes, I am in a little bit of a higher income area of school district and stuff like that. But I still have a lot of people that are under that hundred thousand dollar mark. Um, and I, they pay it. It's not that big of a deal. So I'm really glad that that question was asked because that means that FSMTB is uh, on the road to maybe educating people, maybe even pushing that the standard be incorporated or that the standard be uh, heightened. Yeah. Um, if you're curious about the income levels in your area, so Jeanette had talked about, you know, being in a little bit higher area, uh, you know, when it comes to income, but still within that hundred thousand or less, uh, number, she, she learned this in a very particular way. And we've actually provided this resource on our links page. So massagecoreacademy.com slash links and look for the title that says income level in your area. This is a free resource. Go there, hit let's go follow the link and you can put in your zip code and it'll show you a map. And on that map, it's going to show you, um, various, uh, pieces, <laughs> different things. It's going to give you a whole bunch of data, but it's going to tell you stuff like, credit card debt in that area. Well, if it's high credit card uh, usage, that means people aren't afraid to use their credit cards, where if it's lower, um, you know, it, it means that people don't use their credit card as much. They're more of a cash type of person, which means they're, they're, they're tight. You're, with their t- you're, you're talking about the zip, the zip code lookup. The zip code study is so yes. powerful. And yes, it vault, is. Yeah. So our members have access to our vault in the vault. I do a whole breakdown. I think it's like 18, 19 minutes long on how to do this, how to read it and what all the different pieces mean. And I think I go through two or three different zip codes, really, really good stuff. And you can do this because what you're going to find is just because you set up shop here doesn't mean five minutes away, there isn't a zip code that has uh, an income level that is double where you are. And now you know who your ideal clients are and where those liquid dollars are that you can target 
and get right. people to come in that are just, you know, not afraid to spend the money or they're not on a tight budget or they understand the value of spending $110 for an hour session and you don't have to have the $60 hour session. This was just a light bulb moment. I never even considered this. So uh, spur of the moment, chat will just have to give me a, a quick minute response. The zip code lookup, the zip code study is super important because if you are next door to an area, like say there's two townships, boroughs, whatever, whatever it is, because I know it, differ, it varies from state to state. If you are next door to a very high income area with high amount of credit card debt, you can, you see all the green flags, but the area next to it is a lower income. When you use that zip code lookup, you might be able to rent space in that lower income area, lowering your expenses. And if you're watching the video, Chad's nodding his head, which means he approves of exactly what I'm going to say, which I love when he does that. Um, you rent space and have lower costs in an area because it is a lower income area, but you market to that higher income neighborhood right next door. And I know a lot of you are like, well, that's not fair. Cause like my expenses are low. No, it is fair. You are doing, you are making a business decision. Yeah, that's, smart. that's exactly what you're doing. Awesome. Awesome point. I love that. High five for you. High five <laughs> for me. <laughs> Next, next. I have I have one last question that I'm going to let you if you want to, we can go into a couple other pieces, but I have one last thing I want to talk about. I definitely, okay. don't, I definitely don't want this to be too long. I know people are folding their sheets, making them nice and crispy, but um, the question is, would you take continuing education if it were not required for license renewal? And for and it's a yes or no question mm. with a comment section. So you must answer yes or no, but then you can leave some additional notes. Mm. For me... If I had the ear of FSMTB, the people who uh, basically say what's what when it comes to licensing and renewals and all that good stuff, what I would say is a lot of people have their three-year um, right out of school license and then make part of that requirement understanding business. Make, I mean, ethics is on there, right? You got to have ethics. Why is business not as important. Don't you want people to have success in this industry? Even if it's two hours of business-related education, I guarantee you there's not going to be a single person who doesn't take a quality business class who will not be better off for the industry than they were before. Right. Right. So would you take continuing education? The first thing every massage therapist thinks about is that cupping class or that aromatherapy class or that uh, Ashiatsu class. They're not thinking about growing their business, understanding the foundation. How do I attract clients and keep them right? They're not thinking that and it's not their fault. They're, they're in a mindset of helping bodies. Right. Right. But you have to right. be in the mindset of helping your own business as well. Right. So personally, on my end, I would. But I am also one that can never settle for just doing what I know. Like once I get comfortable with what I know and what I've learned, I'm always looking with everything, not just massage, with teaching at the school, with MCA, I'm always looking for, okay, how can I make this better? How can I level up? What other things can I do to improve this situation? That's just generally how I work. But the consensus that I hear from the industry based on 
colleagues, students, and whatever is uh, a lot of people end up taking continuing education courses just because they have to meet the requirements. So, and a lot of people, and that's not to say that there's, hmm, I don't want to put blame anywhere. There are a certain ratio of people that um, wait till the last minute to do their courses. And then they're stuck taking whatever is left available. There's a ratio of people that want to take courses that are seven levels that cost thousands of dollars and they can't afford it because their business isn't set up for success. There is a ratio of people that take courses because that's what they want to learn. And then there's a ratio of people that don't know what course to take because they've taken them all. Once you've been a massage therapist for 20, 25 plus years, the availability of courses starts to get slim because you've taken bamboo, ashiatsu, shiatsu, you've taken table tie, you've taken cupping, you've taken um, hot stone, you've taken craniosacral, you've taken hospice. I'm glad to see that the industry is still rolling out new techniques and modalities, but what the industry doesn't seem to be rolling out is enough of those refreshers or those courses that need updated, such as business, because marketing and the business industry are consistently changing. So I feel like I'll be interested to see what the actual result statistically is, but I feel like a lot of massage therapists are would say no. Yeah, I think because- that I think they'd rather take a class on their own that isn't chalked up as continuing education, but it's something they're interested in. But unfortunately, uh, you know, it's not like for all of you, for all of you that are out there that are like, oh, maybe continuing education will go away. It's not going to go away because anybody that holds a state licensure has to take continuing education courses. And side note, um, that includes doctors, uh, um, doctors, any, anybody in the medical field, they have to take, they have to take continuing education courses and I'll just jump on my pedestal for five seconds. For those of you that say keeping up to date or keeping your licensure activated and paying for all these continuing education courses is, is too expensive for our industry. Um, it's not expensive at all. Uh, we are one of the lowest costing industries to maintain as a professional. Go find a doctor and ask them how many tens of thousands of dollars per year they spend on renewing their license. That's it. I'm just going to leave it there. Yeah. And, you know, we have the ability to charge those prices where it's no longer something that we're looking at, you know, correct. I, correct. I, I challenge you under, uh, understand your business, get yourself in a place where you are attracting the right people, increase your value to where you can charge, you know, 90 to 110 per hour. And then tell me that, you know, 300 bucks to renew your license is expensive. It's, it's just, it's not, it's just, we're in a position where we don't understand business. We weren't given that education. So we're charging what we think we're supposed to be charging. And then, you know, scraping by it's not your fault, but we're here to help you get out of whatever that is and really get you to your true worth so that you can charge what you're truly worth and, you know, set yourself up for, you know, a, a retirement plan so that you can have, uh, you know, that financial freedom, even after you're done massaging bodies. 
Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, do you have any other questions? Like any other questions that you wanted to present? Because I have, I, I have the biggest news ever, which I think people will want to um, attend when it does happen. Yeah, and one more that I wanted to do. That was the last one that I wanted wanted to do, but I went back through it and I took a look. So there was a question on on average, how many clients do you see on a typical day? And this one spread out pretty wide because they are they're taking on they're taking into account people who might be doing chair massage. Okay. Right. Okay. You might, be, you might be doing 15 minute sessions. So it goes up to 25 plus, but we know that this is going to skew on the much lower number range. Um, there's just going to be a couple that hit those high marks. So it goes one to three, four to six, seven to nine, so on all the way up to 25 plus. And what I suspect is going to happen is the 13 to 15, all the way through to the 19 to 21 are going to be very, very, very low. And you'll get a couple that are 22 to 24 and a couple that are 25 plus. And those yeah. are going to be very specific people doing a very specific type of modality. And they're also going to be, um, you know, folks who are on that churn and burn for 15 minute sessions. So I think we're going to see the majority of folks falling into that one to three or four to six. Um, what I'm interested to see is how many of these four to sixes there are. I think four to six is going to be the largest. And my concern is that some people are going to be hitting that seven to nine range and are, are setting themselves up for burnout. You know, we've talked about burnout a couple of times on past episodes, right? And if you're doing on average seven to nine massages per day, um, unless you're a machine, you're not going to make it long. That's just not, no, you're not healthy for your body. Like even, even sitting at a desk, do, you know, doing coding for seven to nine hours is too much. And that's not even physically taxing labor. You know, you're, you're, working you're, you're putting in work when you're working yeah i feel like i feel like a lot of therapists are like well i mean it's not really i mean yeah okay i'm doing six and six or seven hours of massage but you're not just doing six or seven hours of massage you're doing six or seven hours of massage plus cleanup time and rebooking and soap notes and computer work oh, and right. cleaning your off yeah like it's not just six to seven hours of massage when you're moving, it's taxing your body. So yeah. not said. Think, I think we're going to see one to three because massage therapy is still, there's still a very large sum of people who are doing this either part-time as supplemental income. It's not their full-time gig that they are strictly focused on. So right. I, think, I think our number one, I think we're going to see over 50% fall between the one to three and four to six. So between one and six. Right, 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 right. I think it'll be the next one will be seven to nine uh, and then jumping up into those high numbers for the chair massage folks. Right. But it's an, it's an interesting question. It's a very interesting question. Okay. What's your news. Okay. The news is, is that currently right now we do not have access to when this job task analysis survey is going to be done. When the statistics are going to be posted, it could be six months from now. It could be two months from now. It could be a year from now. However, um, this is probably one of the most largest surveys that the massage therapy industry has ever done. So what we are going to do when the results are posted is go through, go through the results because I, Chad and I have talked about this. I think that some of these statistics are going to be really surprising and we would like to go through this uh, and kind of analyze the results. We're analyzing the questions. The only 
logical response is to analyze the results and kind of go from there. And we're willing to go through that with you guys, but we don't know when we're going to do that. So stay tuned with Massage Core Academy. Follow us on whatever podcast you're listening to. Join the membership. Go to massagecoreacademy.com. And that way you can see the videos. You can see us talking. You can see my crazy hand gestures. Chad pretty much just keeps to himself. I'm the one that makes all kinds of crazy movements. Um, because when these statistics come out, I would personally like to go over them publicly. Wouldn't you? Let's do it live. Let's do a live version and record it. And then we'll, we'll toss it someplace so people can yeah, view it. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'll get the results. You're not going to peak. You're going to send them to me and we're going to open the envelope together. How about that? Deal. Handshake. What's right. on for next week? Oh, next week. You really want to know what's up for next week? Oh, I know what it is. MCA Q&A. It's been a while since we've done one of those. December. It's been since December. Yeah. We owe you all so much. We definitely owe you for another MCA Q&A. So we are going to be queuing up some of the most phenomenal questions that you all have. If you have a question that you want answered, uh, all you have to do is go to massagecoreacademy.com slash podcast. There is a form there. You can fill that out, submit your question. And on our next MCA Q&A, we will make sure that we answer those questions. But for next week, we are going to be answering the questions that have already been submitted and a couple that we find out in the industry. Until then, keep folding your sheets nice and crispy. And we will see you next time. Take it to the next level.